This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. A tremendous pleasure to be able to have of Lopiansky. So far. It's interesting how the your perspective changes when you're in one setting, another setting. In America, driving through a rain like this, you would say, it's horrible, it's nasty, it's, uh, you know, and at Israel you think, ah, Baruch Hashem, rain, water, say, I guess everything depends really where you're coming from. I wanted to um, learn up a little bit of parasha, the connection of two parashas, and it'll really, really get us to a point of understanding two of the main pillars of Yiddishkeit, how they complement each other and how in a certain sense there's a certain tension between them and, and um, how each one is pulling in a different direction. Let's start with the, with the parasha first. Meshur Abbeinu left off at the, at, at the end of Shemais and he said, you know, um, it's really, first HaKadosh Baruch and he says, the Jews are suffering enough you sent me to try and to help them, and that's my shlichus, and I'm supposed to be the goal for Kali Yisrael. And if all I succeeded in doing was tightening the screws and make it much worse. Um, and Akadosh Baruch Hu says, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. So there is an element of Rashi says, a lament. He says, you know, the others had it much harder than you. I promised Avram all these things, and yet when he needed to, um, when he needed to buy a plot of land, he had to go and buy it, and he never was Misraim on Midosai, and so on and so forth. And you, you know, you, 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 you don't have that. Chaval de'avdav le'mishtakim. So the, um, it is correct um, that there's a certain mila of the others over here, but is a Kaddish Baruch Hu answering anything? It, 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 I mean, it, it, there's a parsha here, a whole parsha, where, where he says, I pay Tavram, and so on and so forth, where is he answering what he said before? He's coming, and, and on the same parsha it says, didn't really seem to get any place because you know, it just fell on deaf ears again. So, we, so we understand Chazal are pointing out over here the um, the 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 mile of the others of Moshe Rabbeinu, but the answer to the question uh, we feel should be in the parsha should be in this parsha, and we don't yet and we don't have it um, readily. And some that we need to to deal with. We also need to understand that. Moshe, in the big picture, is considered greater than the others. Uh, Moshe was Aspaklai Hamira. Tyre comes from Moshe. 
Um, the the the, the Moshe is the only one pointed out that will come Kemoshoid and so on. Moshe Rabbeinu is definitely on. I mean, in, on a higher madrega. So we obviously are pointing out when the pasuk and the way Chazal understand the psukim that they're pointing at something that the others were better than Moshe. We're not talking about absolute terms, and that's generally important to remember. Um, each and every one of the big people have certain points that are their strong points. So, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling us, this is where others are lacking. True Moshe Rabbeinu, you're great, and, and so on, but here is the piece where we feel that we're missing others, and you're not others, you're Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the piece? What's the, what are the two pieces here? Let's look at one more point of contrast between Moshe and the others. If we ask ourselves, who gave Torah to Pal Yisrael? The answer to that would be uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. No, no, Torah Moshe. It's Nikal Shmoy. If we ask ourselves, who gave Tefillah to Pal Yisrael? The answer would be the others. Um, one man, the Amr, says that they were attacking the three Tefillahs connected the others. Everyone, everyone uh, it, it, it does understand that the others were attacking. Avram had Shachris and, 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 and Mithra Yitzchok and Yaakov Meiriv. Those are things that definitely are unique to the others. Moshe um, Rabbeinu doesn't get mentioned and he doesn't get mentioned in the Tefillahs. Okay, Avram, okay, Yitzchok, okay, Yaakov. Um, it's called Avais, that, 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 that segment of the davening. I mean, Moshe doesn't get much in the way of mention. Um, yeah, when you talk about Tzitz Mitzrayim, you mention Moshe. But, but, but the, the Mogen Avram is, is Avram, and, and Avis is Avis. So, if we're in, in broad strokes, we will say that Moshe Rabbeinu was the Amud of Torah in Yisrael, and the Avis were the Amud of Tefillin in Yisrael. So, that's one practical difference. Where does it come from? In other words, what is tefillah, what's unique about tefillah in terms of relationship to God, and what's unique about Torah? They're both wonderful. I assume you've all expected to come to Seder and to come to Davning. Um, so, I don't think it's one or the other, yet they're different. They're very different activities. So, let's look into one more point in the, in the parish itself. The, the, uh, the, when HaKadosh when Baruch Hu tells Moshe that I am um, he says I'm the Hashem and Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov and Kel Shakai and I am the so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is mechalik between the way in which he expressed himself to the others he appeared to the others in a context of Kael Shakai. That's one name of Akadish Baruch Hu. And to Moshe Rabbeinu, it would be Yud Kei Vav Kei. Akadish Baruch Hu used that name at Mahan Torah, Anoicha Hashem Alekecha, Havaya, Yud Kei Vav Kei became the name of Hashem that we're all familiar with. It's the, it's the, it's the central name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the sense that it includes everything about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and anything about HaKadosh Baruch Hu is subsumed under the name of Yudkei Bavke. 
What is Kel Shakai? So let's him here speak about it. I want to go by, back to Chazal um, in, in Reish's Rabbah. It's in Lech Lecha. And there, there are um, a whole set of different things that it says about him. One of the things it says that Akadosh Baruch Hu says, "Ani u'shamati lo'olami u'lashamayim dai." I was the one that said enough dai. The shamayim and oritz were pulling apart, and I said dai, and that was enough. So Akadosh Baruch Hu, as he cut the world to size, as he brought it to size. Is called Shakai. In another place it says, uh, Chazal, a few places there are similar Chazal, it says, Sheyesh Dai Lechol Ber There is enough of me to go around for everybody. I have, I can give everybody enough. It sounds as if it means a Kaddish Baruch who can give everybody an, 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 enough stuff. It sounds strange that that should be the meaning of Shakai, that I can give everybody, I have enough to go around. Because then Yudke Vavke means everything. The, the, when it says that Akash Baruchu said die and Shemayim stopped, Oret stopped, okay, we understand that that's different. But what does it mean there is enough of me to go around for everybody? I can feed everybody and convince everybody. But that's, that's not any different than saying God is the master of the entire world, who rules the entire world, and so on. Well, what's that word of Dai Lechol Yosef? So I think this is where we have a key for understanding another facet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's There is a sefer called Avodos HaKodesh. He is Rebbe Gabai. He was a Rebbe of he was a Rebbe of the um, he wasn't a Rebbe of the Maral but the Maral considers him his, the, the person he learned from Kabbalah and so on and he brings in the Sefer uh, from one of the early, early Kadmonim an understanding about the significance of this world what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu accomplish by creating this world that he, that he didn't have before and he quotes, he says a very philosophical idea. He says that the infinite can bring itself out through the finite. Which means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as great as he is, one perception of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness is everything. Anything and everything we could think of and know is his. And the second aspect is it can be locked into the smallest possible framework and still be a Kaddish Baruch um, if, I can, if I can use a contemporary muscle to make it a little more vivid, a little more, um, you could picture it, I'm sure you're all familiar with a, with a term, concept called fractals. Um, those are like snowflakes, kind of. It, it's designs that the design of the entire thing repeats itself into its smallest elements. So, like, you'd have a snowflake, and if you look at each little piece, 
it has the same snowflake design and so on and so forth. It, it's something that you can do in a computer and then you can actually find tons of things that look like that. And it's an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary thing because the big picture, and any time you take a small piece, it looks the same, it has the same shape and the same configuration. And you break it down to smaller pieces, it still has that same configuration, and so on. It's an amazing, an, a, 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 it's an amazing thing when you look at it, and, and you realize it just, it's an endless process of, of having the same thing from the macro world to the micro world, same exact configuration. It means a Baruch Hu can appear to us in the smallest, tightest corner. Dai l'chol briyosai means not Akashbrok has enough to go around, but no matter how tight the area is, that's where Akashbrok can also be found. Let's give a little bit of of a um, let's give let's start with a, 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 an immediate example of something we experience, and we'll get the sense of it. A person is fortunate. And he has everything. Kodesh Baruch blessed him. And he's got beautiful family, very successful business, lots of money, and everything is wonderful. And he stands outside his mansion, and he thinks of everything he has, and he says, God, you're magnificent. A person looks at the world and sees a beautiful world, and he says, you know, this is God in fullness. Another person is stumbling in the darkness, and he is, uh, and he's lost. It's, it's a night like this, and he's somewhere in, in the road between here and um, I don't know where the road goes to, but but uh, whatever it is, and it's driving rain. He's soaked wet. He doesn't know where he's going. He's frightened. It's cold. And then he sees a light someplace, and he knows where to go to. And he gets there. His sense of that light is extraordinary, and to him, that's a gift of God. In, a, in, in, in coming in a place that was so devoid of any gift, so devoid of anything, he found something. So the person also has a tremendous sensation of, he's there, he was there for me. A person looks at a most complex uh, 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 structure in, in, in the universe, a human being, and he sees God in its fullness, somebody that has Selma Lukim. You also look at a tiny little simple worm, and you say to yourself, there's nothing in it, and yet it's a being. It, it has almost nothing, and yet it, 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 it crawls, it, it, it eats, it does things, and in the fact that it's almost devoid of anything, you get a sense of God. That's an extraordinary way of looking at God that is different than looking at God out of his magnificence. It's in a place that's devoid of anything you would expect, to find a glimmer of God is also an extraordinary experience. Shakai, kill Shakai means dying. There's, there any, the smallest piece is enough to contain a flicker of God in it. So there's Yudke Vavke, which includes everything, and, and, and it includes an entirety of, of, of everything that's been revealed to us. And Shakai, which means in the smallest and darkest place, that we couldn't think there'd be room 
for any gili of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. How could God show Himself in this dark, um, crowded, uh, filthy setup, and a glimmer of something crops up, and we see Hakadosh Baruch Hu even there? The process, since that's what Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted in this world, He wanted us to start the process with finding Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the darkest places. In, in, because this world is a world that really doles what Akash Baruch has to reveal to us. The others were the ones that found God Kael Shakai. Avram Avinu was promised all over Israel. And when he had to go and bury his wife, he had to bargain with Ephron, not a very pleasant bargaining back and forth, pay lots of money and beg his way into finally getting that part of land. But he got it. So there was just enough for him for his needs at the time. He found Akarish Baruch Hu not in the entirety of Israel that Akarish Baruch had promised, but in, 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 that, in that little glimmer of light that he needed at that moment to bury his wife. That's Kel Shaka. When, when a person learns, he uses his mind wants to understand and we, when we understand everything's lit up in other words, learning insight, understanding is a fullness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so when we learn Torah we, we, we see HaKadosh Baruch Hu everywhere in the learning when you daven it's the other way around you're trapped someplace you're hemmed in by something you have a need, you call out to God, and He comes across, and, 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 and in, in, in the fulfillment of that need, you find a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Tefillah comes from Minhameitza Karasi Ka. I looked for God in the narrowest of places. The word Tzara, when a person has a Tzara, it's a Zman Tefillah, the word Tzara means narrow constricted, tsar. It's, it's when a person feels, when a person has a tsara, he feels hemmed in. He feels choked. We talk about that. I, I'm choked and, 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 and I can't breathe. I, I, I have this problem, that problem, the other problem. So, so tefillah finds itself dafka when a person's at his most difficult and God seems the least involved. That's the ultimate in tefillah. Eretz Mitzrayim was the final stage of that type of finding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu led the others through a very rough life, and they found glimmers of God in all sorts of dark places. Each one of the others had his issues, and life never had a clarity of the type that we would have at Matan Torah. It was, it was pretty, pretty difficult and dark. Mitzrayim was a final phase of it, and when the Geula came along, when the Geula was meant to come along, that was the final phase of it, when all the screws were turned on. The word Mitzrayim means a place that is tsar, a place that's narrow, constricted. It's almost, there's no room for God over there. And as we tighten it, um, and we squeeze out the final drop out of it, that's where we have a Baruch Hu. So it's an extraordinary contrast 
to Matan Torah, where HaKadosh Baruch would open up all the heavens and everything, and we would see everything very, very clear. So, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu was answering to Klal Yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered Moshe, this still belongs to others. This is the piece of the puzzle that's still, that, that, that's, that's, that's finalizing. You haven't finished the process yet. And he says, Ani Kel Shakai. The first appearance is as Kel Shakai. I want to take one or two other examples in, in the sources where you see something like this. There are certain mitzvahs that have the name Shakai in it. Let's take two that are the most apropos for this. Bris Mila um, is, is Shakai. That's why Kodesh Baruch used the name Shakai first. Bris Mila is the mitzvah that fits our bodies the closest, and it stamps itself on the place in the human body that is furthest from Kedusha. The place that's furthest from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it seems, is, is, is the Aver of the Bris Mila. It's where our Taivas are located. And when we find Kedusha there, that's the example of Anikel Shakai, because I can find it in... There's no place in the world that's devoid of it. It's enough. Any place that exists has a piece of God in it. It takes a lot of effort to find it. When, when it's very dark and it's very, and it's, and it's very constricted. But it's there. Tefillin. Tefillin, it says, the, the shin that you have on the Tefillin Shorosh, is Allah Hamash Sinai, the Dalit in the back, and the Yud on the, on the hand, the, uh, forms Shakai. Tefillin is something that wraps itself around the body. It's like bris mila in the sense that it fits the body. It, it, snugs, the, it, it snugs the body. Again, a body, is, a physical body is something we'd expect to be devoid of it. And when you find it there, that's an example of Kel Shakai. That's an example where a Kaddish Baruch who finds himself anywhere. I, I want to, I guess, move this over a little bit to something that is, that's in our realm, and something a little bit that we can, that, that we can think a little bit about. Um, we have our our time, our interaction with Hakadosh Baruch Hu really, really consists of two periods that go back and forth in various configurations. The pendulum is not even; sometimes swings more one way, sometimes another way. There are times in life where we have, where we're very turned on spiritually. And everything seems to be on fire, and everything seems to be fantastic, and everything's clear and understandable. And that's a period of time that, that we perceive HaKadosh Baruch like coming from Havaya, that type, of, that type of, of appearance. There are times when things are difficult, and we don't feel very, very turned on, and we don't feel terribly, terribly um, inspired. And we know it's the right thing, but it's like a one small emotional point and a lot of baggage of apathy or not caring or even anger. And we, we tend to discount it and say it was a waste of time. It was a day, a week, a month, a period in life 
when basically not much was going on. And the answer is, a lot was going on, of a very different type of nature, of Kale Shakai. There's an interesting Gemara, there's a Gemara in Shabbos. It says, Rev Zeira um, used to, um, Rev Amnuna used to daven a uh, very long time. He spent, he used to daven long Trinesis. And Ravah was annoyed with him, and he said, you're throwing away Chaye Olam for Chaye Shah. In other words, Torah deals with the eternal, the eternal truths, and those are, should overshadow everything else that takes part in your life. And Torah deals, and, and davening deals with the minutia of day to day. It's Chaye Shah. You're dealing with the, with, with, you need a little money for breakfast, you need a little better apartment, you, you need this, you need that. How can a person um, waste his time on things that are insignificant when you can lose yourself in the world of Torah that is so magnificent? It, it's, it's eternal. It deals with eternal truths that transcend any stupidities that, that might occupy you. And Rav Amnuna answered... There's a time for each and every one of those. And each one doesn't encroach on the other one. A person's life is not one or the other. A person's life is meant to include the two together. I'm going to tell you um, something, this in Kippur, that sort of impacted me. I was speaking at... Um, I was speaking at Nila and in Yeshiva. I said over a story. It was in the context of whatever I was talking about in Nila. But then I, I thought about it in a different context. Let me tell you the context I thought about, and I'll tell you the story. I was thinking about Yom Kippur, the Kain Gadol. The Kain Gadol was like a malach, and we have a whole piyot about the demus of the Kain Gadol and, and uh, we can't begin to describe the Myra Cohen. It was Kalal Yisrael, Cohen Gadol, spirituality at its most magnificent. That's the way I was thinking. And then I was reflecting on a story that I said over. And the contrast I, I, it jarred me. And, and then I began to think about it in, the, in terms of thinking now. I'll, I'll share the story. It's a, it's a story I hadn't thought about in a long time. Something jarred my memory. Um, I grew up on the Lower East Side, which is, I guess, in a nice way, the pits of Manhattan. Maybe there are places now that are much... I mean, today it's actually become gentrified, and the pits have moved some other place. When I was growing up, it was maybe some of you had parents or grandparents that grew up there, but it was considered this was where the immigrants came, and it was, it was a pretty poor place. One of the streets in Manhattan, uh, in, in, in Lower East Side where I grew up, was called Bowery Street. Um, and it was noted, I, I, they don't have it today anymore, the type of things. It was called Skid Row. And it was a place, unfortunately, people who had a crisis in life and couldn't deal with it, they would drink themselves into oblivion. So they would become alcoholics, total alcoholics. They would, they would lay in the streets and drink and... As, the, as it progressed, it was horrendous. They'd be laying in the streets like in, in the middle of a cold day, um, 
they would be cut and they'd have these blue marks all over them and usually they were with a, with a shattered whiskey bottle and they reeked and smelled it was, it was pretty, pretty a depressing sight and that was three blocks from Yeshiva four blocks from Yeshiva Bowery Street um, occasionally they would wander into the Yeshiva it was kind of an open place it was warm I, and occasionally you would get somebody there and so on I walked in one morning or one evening I don't remember and there were two guys laying like that on the floor in Yeshiva out bottle shattered smelling terribly all sorts of fluids on the floor Ugh, it was really horrible one of them opens his eyes like he hears somebody walking he opens his eyes sees, and he asks me do you know so and so a boy living in Yeshiva I said yes it was actually my brother's classmate. He said, that's my nephew. He said, I'm trash, I'm junk, I'm good for nothing. But he's going to be a big rabbi someday. And the, 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 the glimmer of spirituality, of, of a Nitzitzelakai, of something there, in such a... a, a in such an anti-divine setting, everything about it was 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 not was was hefech of, of tov and of kedusha and of or, and yet this shown out, it, it, it stunned me. At that time, I was more feeling bad for this poor boy who is his uncle and it's it's his mother's brother and so on. But when I contemplated about it, uh, you know, the, the sense of what's to be found where you think there's nothing to be found. Is profound. In some ways, it's more stunning than the Kohen Gadol and Yakipa, because the Kohen Gadol and Yakipa is pure spirituality. Of course, the Shamas are great and holy and immense, but that there can be a Neshama inside something that is so coarse and so far from it, in a certain way, is an even it's a more striking feat. Certainly, it complements. Understanding Akarish Baruch Hu, Shlomo Melech expressed it when he built the base of Migdash, and he said, "Shemayim I mean, the heavens and and all the heavens can't contain you. They don't they don't have enough room to fit your majesty. So is this small house going to do it? And Akarish Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu in in in, in Truma, in Medrash Truma. I don't need anything. I need an Amma al Amma, and that's enough for me. Because the Shechina spoke from Bein Akruvim. All I need is th- the smallest amount of space. So, Akarish Baruch Hu is Megala himself in two ways. It's true in the macro picture, in the world. Akarish Baruch Hu is Megala himself through Shemayim, 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 and he's Megala himself in Amma al Amma. And to us, he comes in both venues. The two venues for us are Torah and Philip. And each one brings out the other one. It says about Torah, Gemara says, it, that Shmaitz Slusa Istana. A date learning requires peace of mind. It requires that, a, that, that it be a calm day. And, and um, you're allowed to learn a day like this, but also, but optimal, it requires 
uh, a well-ventilated, you know, uh, air-conditioned or heated bismedish as may be, because it needs clarity of mind. Because Torah deals with the fullness of God and the fullness of revelation. And when a person understands and knows, it lights up his entire mind. Everything becomes clear. And that's a clarity that helps us see the greatness of God, the majesty of God. But, but then there's, there's another facet of, 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 of human life, which is the difficulty of life. The situations and the aspects of life that seem devoid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're, we're, we're hemmed in, we're pressured, we don't have what we need, we don't know how we're going to get what we need, and, and we're really thirsting for stuff, and, and we get a drop of it. Avraham Abin has promised all that Israel, and after a lot of efforts, he picks up the one thing that he needs. He finds the one thing that he needs. But that's a revelation of God that's in some ways more profound than his, great, than his greatness. And a person gets a tefillah. Tefillah is, 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 is a vayitzaku, like it says by us. Vayitzaku. What triggered the Tzias Mitzrayim was when, the, when, when Christ started davening. In other words, the sense of reaching out to God when it's difficult when, when everything seems to be frustrating, is a second, is, is a different perspective, the complement of this perspective. And we pass this Zmanfilo, unless you're holding like a Trimbei Choy and very high Madrega, for everybody else, Zmanfilo Luchud, Zmanfilo Luchud. We need both of them. It, it, it's, it's something that, it's a perspective that you need to carry with you. And there are times in life when it's the troubles and difficulties that make you reach out to God, and it's the times of life that the ability to think clearly, to know, to understand, gives you that. But by and large, whatever the big picture is, on a daily basis, we need to have both. The hard time is there to bring up Davni, like it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought all this suffering to Kali Yisrael on the Yam, because Hashemin is Kolech, he wanted us to reach out to him. Because that's a, that's a finding of God that you won't have when... I remember as a, as a young boy, I was learning Eov. I didn't know much, I didn't understand much. It was kind of something I, was, I just picked up and saw. I, I didn't understand much. I understood the framework of the story, but I didn't quite understand all the... or I probably understood none of the arguments back for But the one thing I realized was that when Eov was suffering, he was very much in contact with God. When that's over, the last parak it says he was he you know, gave him a wife and kids and everything. But everybody was very very happy and everything went well. There, there was no God was out of the picture. It was like I, that's one piece of contrast I picked out. You know, I sort of picked up. When we have sarus, which means narrowness, a sense of, of of being hemmed in, and where is God? Then we're going to find God in the, in that circumstance itself, and that's going to give us that picture. The fullness of mezuzah has Shem Havaya on the inside and Shaka on the outside. Shaka is the name that greets us on the outside of the world, and Havaya is the name that greets us on the inside of the world. Others and Moshe Rabbeinu together give us our perception of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I would like to apply it to one more area. There are areas that we know and are fortunate to understand something of God, and that gives us great delight because we like to know and we like to understand. 
And there are areas where the only thing we have is faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because it doesn't, we can't make heads or tails of it. And that's having HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a different way that we don't have the other way. Where reason and understanding serve us, use that, and where you need to come on to Emunah Pshuta and to faith, use that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is both. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the great light that is clarity, and perfect clarity, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that tiny glimmer of light in a sea of darkness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu pays Kel Shaka and Havaya. When Kel Shaka and Havaya cross and meet, that's where the Gula starts. The, the Smichas Gula Tefillah is when, when, you, when you have um, the Moshe the, Rabbeinu, the, 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 you have coming in contact with Tefillah. We, we speak about Tzias Mitzrayim, and, and we, we join it, that's when we have the Shleimus. We should be Zeicha in the, in the Tkufas that we spend in Yeshiva. We're building two worlds. We're building the world of understanding and the world of faith. The world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in brilliant clarity, and the world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu when it's a glimmer of light in, in a lot of darkness. The two together are the Shleimus of what a human being can understand by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that, is a, and that is the Gula for the world, and that's the Gula for a person. That's a